All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucksters, what the fuck sticks? How is it out there in the world? I can see a small slice of it. I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. Welcome to the show. Today on the show, I talked to Harmony Kareen, the film director uh, in New York City, and the 20th anniversary of Kids was happening, and that's why he was in town. Generally, he usually, generally, usually he lives in Nashville, and I was able to sort of, you know, cajole him. It didn't take much, but uh, as some of you remember, I did a live WTF in Austin at South by Southwest, and um, Harmony Kareem was on it, and J- James Franco was on it. The two of them were there doing a, a promo tour and a screening of Spring Breakers, which is a movie that I like, and uh, it was not an easy interview with the two of them out there, and, and I remember thinking that uh, backstage, this Harmony guy, he's, he's pretty funny. I like him. He's got good energy, fun to talk to. Uh, and then the two of them get out there, and it was a fucking nightmare. It was entertaining, and I, didn't, I don't regret it at all, but it was, uh, it was difficult. And as some of you remember, uh, right out of the gate, I started talking to Harmony in a very anxious and desperate way to connect with him and, uh, and my respect for his art. And I, and I believe I spit on his face by accident. Not like... <laughs> spit but some spit came out of my mouth when i was desperately trying to connect around uh, around his art i am uh in fort worth texas at the the podcast movement 2015 it's a it's a weekend or a several day uh event at a hotel where this one happens to be in fort worth texas and there's speakers and seminars and uh I guess almost classes uh, about podcasting, about the business, about execution, about how to do it. I got here yesterday, went out to dinner with some folks, and then uh, yeah, I went to this party and I met a lot of the podcasters or possible podcasters who are here to uh, to figure out how to do it and where to put it and you know how to get it bigger and all that stuff. Hold on, I'm taking a sip of coffee that I made here in the room. I had a, they had one of those double header. Uh, single serving coffee makers not the kind not the fancy kind where you lock it down and it pops a hole in the thing and puts water through it but the kind with the little disc sort of circular uh coffee packets and there's usually two possibilities on the top it's a there there's a plastic shelf that you put one or two for one or two cups but what i did huh like look at listen to what i did because i like my coffee strong is i put two in there and then I just filled it up with enough water for one cup. And then I took the two halves of cups of coffee and made them one cup of strong coffee. Um, I know how to fucking do this road thing, man. God damn it. I've got it figured out up here on the 15th floor of the Omni Hotel in Fort Worth, Texas, looking over. I don't know what. A clover leaf on the highway, a couple of seemingly old buildings with at least 50 garage outlets on the bottom that stored I don't know what the history is here. The remnants of buildings that once were, the possibilities of the buildings that will soon be, lots with cranes and tractors in them. And then just beneath me, 15 floors down, an old church, an old church. It's like you look out, man. You look out and it's Sunday morning, so it's relatively quiet, yet there are five Six cop cars on the highway over there with their lights on up to something. I don't know what. There's a car just driving. It's the only car on this one road. It's just driving. There's a guy in there. He's probably listening to music. He might be having a cigarette. Maybe he's old school. Might be a Chesterfield if you can still find them. He's got a life. He's got things on his mind. He might be up to no good. I don't know, but there's a whole life in that car. 
and all I see is the car. When you really think of the multitudes of possibilities of what people are up to on any given second, like there's a guy walking across the street. Where's he going? Why is it insidious? Why does it seem more loaded? He's the only fucking guy out there, and it does not look like a walking environment. Well, thank God. Thank God for podcast, Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, every one of these people in this great, glorious world have an outlet to maybe share their journey. Yeah, I'm in my car. I'm smoking a Chesterfield. They're harder to find now, but I'm committed to them. I like Chesterfields. My grandfather smoked Chesterfields, and when I was a little kid, I saw his cigarettes, and I knew they were wrong, but he always looked so great when he smoked them, so that's what I smoke, and I listen to, I'm listening to my Merle Haggard CD right now because I had a little trouble at home. A little trouble at home, and I couldn't go home last night, so I've been driving around this empty downtown area for three hours. Had some pie. Talked to Fran over at the place. She listens to me. I don't know. Maybe I should be with Fran. <coughs> I got I to quit smoking. I got to quit smoking. See, maybe that's going on. Maybe that guy's podcasting in his car. I don't know. Could? He could do it. He could do it. Uh, me and uh, Brendan McDonald, who you all uh, got to know a little better on the episode after the president, my, my uh, producer and uh, business partner. We were in New York. I was in New York. I did an episode of Charlie Rose which I believe went well. It was interesting waiting to go on Charlie Rose because I'm in the Bloomberg building, which has an amazing snack area. An ama- like it looks like you have to pay for it. Like there's just little um, areas, you know, like for cereal and granola bars and then there's a juice area and a coffee area and there's some salads, a little sort of buffet type of area just right in the middle of the Bloomberg building. Huge. And it, it was a it was a hard thing for me because I wasn't really that hungry and I was running a little late and I didn't make the time to sort of hoard snacks. Who doesn't like hoarding free snacks? But it was uh, it was pretty impressive uh, in terms of uh, an office kitchen. I, I think they win there. Now, there's another guy walking. There's no one out. It's okay. I'm not going to worry about him. I'm not going to worry about him. So. So, yeah, so I waited. I was waiting to go on Charlie Rose and uh, John Sununu was on. And literally, there was no break in between us. Uh, It's just that black studio, just two chairs. They see Sununu rap. And uh, the producer brings me there. And I wait until Sununu and uh, Charlie have some parting words. And then I sit right down right after Sununu. And I just watch Charlie look and study his cue cards about me. And then he looks up, and we start, and he mispronounces my name right out of the gate. Mark Moran is a podcast. I'm like, Marin, Marin. I just had it. Felt bad. Got to correct, though. Got to correct, so we're going to have to go back and do the whole thing, or I'm going to have to live with that. So that initially, as an interviewer to interviewer, as Charlie's an interviewer, I am an interviewer, I was like, all right, so how much does he really know about me, and what did he just load his head up with? Good question. Didn't ask him that. It went pretty well. Uh, and I think it was good, and it was nice to meet Charlie. You know, I, I, I'd like to interview Charlie, perhaps, in the future. So then later that night, Brendan and myself go see a play. We go to the theater. We see The Flick by Annie Baker. And it is a Pulitzer Prize-winning play. The entire play takes place in a theater in Massachusetts outside of Worcester. Three primary characters who work at this theater that runs 35 millimeter prints of movies. There's just two guys and a woman 
who you know who are employees at this theater that it turns out is being sold but but they just they just talk like people who work that kind of job it's a it's supposed for most people it's a job in passing it's a job that you you sort of do for a while while you're in between things or thinking about doing something else but one of the guys has been there longer too long really and the woman uh has has been there a while and doesn't not sure what where her life is going to go and then the other kid took a semester off college or something but but the point being is that it's one of those shows where you watch it and it's a few hours long but the dialogue is sort of not sparse but limited to the type of things that people talk about when they're working a a mundane job with some other people and the pacing of it is very it's very interesting the space in between things being said and cleaning the theater are long and you have to sit there in silence with these characters doing these tasks, trying to make conversation. And you walk out thinking like, what was that about? That, that one of Pewitt's surprise, it demands understanding. And me and Brendan talked for like an hour about it, trying to find that understanding and what we felt about it and what that reflection was and what it said about us and culture and what the play was about. And it was that kind of walking through this, the streets of New York doing that and realizing that, you know, that was, that's one of the amazing things about New York. That's one of the amazing things about a city. And it's, you know, there's not that many that have a vibrant cultural scene where you go see theater, you get a slice of pizza, and then you fucking talk about the play for a couple hours. It was great. It sparked my brain running in all directions, as you can hear. I think hopefully we're going to have uh, Annie Baker on the show. Harmony Kareen. This took place at the Bowery Hotel a little, little bit ago. So there's a theme here. I'm in a Fort Worth hotel, but my conversation with Harmony was at uh, the Bowery Hotel in New York City. If you go to Cuba, you really see. Have you gone there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never went there. It seemed like it was too much trouble. I think it's going to be easier soon. It is like one of the most amazing places. It really is like one of my, like, it is one of the most incredible places I've ever seen. It's, it's very... Um, Frozen in time. Yeah, but it's like psychedelic. It's not really like a, uh, it's not like one specific time. Right. Right. So it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. you know, it's like you'll see like people playing... Uh, chess on like pe- on pizza boxes right with like snails as their um pieces y- yeah pieces it's like really or like two or three in the morning you'll see like like little kids running around in the streets with hammers and like there's no you know there's like no bedtime and uh that, those are the toys hammers That's yeah all yeah, yeah hammer yeah hammers and like <laughs> oh that's like a big toy there yeah <laughs> um and uh it's also it's actually one of those places where everything looked so good that it's like difficult to I don't know sometimes like as a when you're making movies or something yeah. it's easy to figure out where you want to put the camera or where you want to like uh, how you want to photograph something because it's like most of in America it's mostly like ninety nine percent is like looks bad and then maybe there's like a small percent of something that looks good right. so you know what I mean like yeah, there's yeah. not it's not or it's just but there it's like everything looks good. So you never know where it, it's a very difficult thing Choice. to try to figure out. Yeah. Like, you know, you're like, well, I could go in this direction or I could go in that direction. Did you shoot down there? Um, yeah, you know, I was doing some stuff. Yeah, you know. it has not been seen yet. 
Yeah, I, there's this film. It's called The Blood of Havana. You could probably that I it's just, it was just like kind of like a little like, like kind of almost like more like an artwork. Yeah, that uh, you could probably find somewhere. Now, when you do something like that. Did you go down there with the intention of doing that, or did you just bring a camera and say, yeah. like, fuck, I got to do this? It's all, like, the same. I have, like, my intentions are, like, a lot of times just stored in the back of my in a mind, or, or I'm just, like, I, I kind of go, I'll, I, if there's something like that, it's more, like, in case it happens, I'll be, like, ready for it, or I'll, like, kind of... Right. Because sometimes, like, I don't really even know what I'm, like, looking for. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have to just, like... I had this idea. Maybe it'll be like this, and then it is, and then I it just act on it. And what was the? Uh, since I haven't seen it, it's a short. How long is it? Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. It's like probably a couple minutes long. It's it's pretty. It's really fast. It's yeah. really. It's like a lot of prosthetics involved, and yeah, yeah, it's trippy. It's, like what? What? Like prosthetic limbs or prosthetic? Oh uh, no, faces. Oh, really? and Like you, you know, the kind of thing like bank robbers would wear. Oh like, yeah. You know, if you're gonna rob a bank, you right. probably want to look like an old guy, old man. Yeah, sure. That's scary old man yeah that's what it looked like yeah and when you do something like that as a as a, a an art piece because you kind of frame it that way um do you do you shoot it and you just sort of like all right it's done done I, we got the footage and you cut it up and and you just you release it into the world as a sometimes i i swear there's certain things that i've done that i've never shown before like that haven't ever been that I've just done that I've made, not even saying I made for myself, but there are things that I've done that I just, the time didn't feel right. Right. Um, I did this one, I have this one project, it's still not finished, it's I, it, with my friend Chris Cunningham, the video director, and like, we were living in London, it's about 10 years ago, and we made this film, it's called um, Mitch Poppins. Yeah. And it's about a guy who has like a, like a super severe Tourette's, case of Tourette's who gets uh-huh. off of it gets out of an airplane uh and is trying to search for Madame Tussards in London uh-huh. and it's his Tourette's is like a breakdance move kind of like it's like this crazy like popping yeah. move and we filmed it with like uh we spent like it's and, it, and he gets glossed up in the gay scene and starts like doing poppers and stuff in like alleyways yeah but it almost becomes like this musical but the time didn't seem right, right, and I feel like the time seems more right now. So it's, yeah, 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 it's yeah, going to yeah. happen? Yeah, it's not like a feature film. It's more probably like 20 minutes long. Yeah, but but yeah. the Tourette's is more like a, like a, like a dance movement, and, and it's assigned a kind of musical... Like each, yeah. each tick, like, the, like yeah. the eye twitch has a different like musical so, like sound, or like a, like a saw, like a... Zzz. Were you afraid of offending people? No, Originally? no, I was actually like ready to do it. I think Chris was more like we should wait a little while. Yeah, maybe that he. Yeah, maybe that it's too, was. It's too hot right now with Tourette's. Yeah, you know, you know Tourette's, Tourette's is like sensitive yeah. in like the like well, the. It is kind of weird to to be in a position where you that line you write from you know making fun of somebody with, with a real problem and comedy or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's it's tricky. But you've done you've done stuff like that before. But I think if the character is deep enough and it's not actually mocking the disease. Yeah. I mean, you should be able to do whatever the fuck. Yeah, you want. I mean, this was—I don't even know—it was like something else. It was like, it's almost like a music. It was like a musical <laughs> version of it. The weird thing is, was like doing that thing, the Tourette's thing on the train once. The some guy came up, and it was all hidden cameras and and different people following with like cameras in their like books and 
and stuff and there was some guy on the on the tube in london came up and he was like i'm the leading tourette's doctor he's like i know exactly what you have he's like you need and he started telling me like the medications to use you were just put you were doing yeah but prank? i was like doing like this extreme yeah. yeah these like extreme movements yeah and he was like i wrote the books on it and like he sat me down and for like 15 minutes was like did you get that on film yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's like a that's like a it, um, it, in there i would assume it'll be in there it's not edited yet the fits just we have did, you, did you get a release from that guy i don't releases or, i don't know i don't know about i don't know about any of that <laughs> we you just forge all those things. right just do it and see yeah, if yeah, anything yeah. comes back yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he shouldn't be mad if he's giving yeah, good yeah. advice he's representing yeah. himself well he, i don't know you he just, was concerned you just deal with it yeah yeah have well, you ever had any flack like that where fucking people get pissed off background players that didn't know they were background players yeah yeah well usually you mean just like have i ever like had shot a guy and he didn't want to be shot no well usually it's like there it it depends like if it's like a film it's like so they have people that really just scour for faces and i remember when we did gummo that was a big issue because i was shooting we were shooting the way we was being shot was like it was pretty inclusive and like having people from all neighborhoods and people i would just pull people out of houses and we would go in to walk into houses and shoot and and that that part was difficult where was all that shot in nashville right and that part was like difficult trying to uh because i was like i didn't really even understand the whole idea of releases right and and all that stuff and so you had to have people that would you know go back after the film was made and, and had to go back and find those guys and uh, that's that's like a crazy thing to do. I don't. I've, I'm weird about releases too. It feels like an intrusion, but it, I guess it's necessary. It's best if you have somebody just go deal with it. Yeah, yeah, you have to. I mean, when I was doing, I was really messed up, and I, and I was doing these videos where I was getting beaten up all the time on the streets. Yeah. And uh, what was that about? Why were you doing that? It was like how long ago was that? That was probably that was a while. It was probably like see, almost twenty years ago. Maybe. You're forty now. Yeah, so it was like about twenty. It was like ninety. It was like ninety-seven. So yeah, it was about like it was. It was almost twenty years ago. Because I kind of remember that. What was driving you to do that? Well, like I really just wanted. It was this film I wanted to do. It was called Fight Harm, and yeah. I really just wanted to make this movie. I thought I was like a big Buster Keaton fan, right? And like and and Abbott and Costello, and like I loved like slapstick, and I really wanted what I thought was like at that time. In a, maybe in a misguided way, but I, I just wanted to make like a like a perfect comedy, and I thought it was just like the distillation of like it's like pure violence. The repetition of violence would mm-hmm. would become like some would take on some type of like uh, epic humor. You know, like sure. guy slips on a banana peel and slaps it and hits himself in the head. Right. But it's like really funny. But it's like pure violence, right? And so, like, I wanted to, in my mind, take it to like an extreme and and just make a film. And I I really wanted to like be like a big movie. So like I was, was they're almost like a provocation. It was like I I set out, I made these rules, and I was just like I would just have a camera crews follow me. I would I wanted to get in a fight with like every demographic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted from, to get from but a child to like, no, not a kids, but like you had to be over eighteen. But right. like I wanted it to be more like where you would fight, like you know, you'd fight like a lesbian, right? Today or and you would get like or and then you like an Arab dude the next right. day. Like I wanted it to be like so you're provoking people, provoking people. It wasn't about like being tough or anything. No, right, it right, wasn't right. even about me fighting them. It, it was, was more about like the idea that like I wanted to make a film where it was like I basically the only rule was like I had to do whatever it took to make someone punch me, right? Like whatever, would, and then, uh, and then it was on, kind of like right. that, and and I would never like make a 
Like, I would never go for it first. Never fight back? No, but you? you know, you like pee on somebody, they'd like go after you, you know? <laughs> like, they would just like, they're just like go after you. And, right. but anyway, getting back to the, the releases, right? Every time I got in one of the, so there was about nine of them, right? That, and I think like David Blaine was one of the, uh, I, he was like one of the people, he would follow, it was provocateurs. Like, no, he would follow, he would film, and oh. we would use his producers, right? So I had like a small crew of people right. that were like, would follow me around i was like living in the gramercy uh right. and uh, they'd follow me around and then you know i'd usually have to get out of, in a certain state of mind uh-huh. and then to get out there also because it was really painful because i was like getting beaten up and <laughs> yeah. uh, but what i was gonna say is that like they were all pretty much like all the people that beat that after the fights were done and i and even i would get arrested a lot of the times and uh the producers would always go to them afterwards and and they would all sign releases. They they were fine with it. It was like a weird thing. It was yeah. like people just wanted, like they were like you say, hey, this isn't real. Actually, he's trying to do this thing, and da da da. And that was all just like a part of this uh, project right. he's doing. Can we get your release? And this is after like extreme violence. Where they lose it. Yeah, and they and I think there was like no case where they weren't like, all right. Did you ever release that footage? No. So. I have I have the t- I have the fights. I wanted it to be like a movie that would play in the mall, you know. Like I wanted it. It's to- just fun, like a comedy. Yeah, I thought it would, but I didn't realize like how short they would last. You know what I mean? So, how, so how you, well, you how got like twenty minutes. How quickly they? they yeah, because like one could end in like a minute. You know, like I just get knocked out or something. Right. Well, and, sort of what Jackass did in a way amongst themselves. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but it seems like it's a little more focused and a little more specific. Yeah, not just sort of like a bunch of guys who just don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, running. there's probably a connection definitely to it, but it was a little bit different. And then before. I just, and then you know, I just like at some point I was like, Ugh. I, I was like, I don't even know if I really want to. After it was all done, and I, f- I couldn't really go on anymore. I'd gotten arrested a few times, and you also like my the- body wasn't really able who, to take it. Who beat you up the most? Um, I got really nailed this bouncer at uh, Stringfellas. Uh, at, at, the, strip at, the, club? at the strip club, uh, just like a guy went up to, there's like a stripper with these holding these balloons, and I popped her balloons. Yeah, and the dude just went crazy, like just like absolutely like uh, beat the shit out. Uh, of Yeah, you? yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty nuts. Did you? Did you? What? I tried to like fight back a little bit, but it was more like I would. It was more like I, you know, I went to like throw a um, a trash can at him or something like yeah. that. But the trash can was like uh, chained to the light uh, to the to the uh, pole. You know, and then he just knocked me out, just like clocked me. He did? Yeah, yeah, Oh, my God. And but but the crazy thing is some of those days I would try to get them done. I would try to do two or three in a row <laughs> because I was just trying to get it done with, you know, and I was already so messed up. I have all, like, the images. I have all the is pictures. Is it disturbing like, to you to look at that shit? Well, I don't look at it. I That's part of, like, why I didn't ever put it out because it's more like I almost think it's just, like, the idea of it is almost – better than actually like seeing it you know what i mean like the i i'm not exactly sure if like it'd be a letdown to even put it out i don't even really know if i want to ever look at it again maybe it's like something that happens much later i even i even have like like lots of photograph stills from the like the injuries and stuff and wow uh because it's weird because the idea was comedy and i'm just thinking about that moment where where shit really happens yeah where the connection is made yeah and and it changes in tone yeah and that as a witness of that or as somebody watching that, you get that immediate like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, like that discomfort. Yeah. And then like, and then that thing where you're like, ah, 
And well, it's also the idea of comedy is like victim. There's this idea of like yeah. someone's always like on on in the other end of it. Well, it's right. The, uh, and you, I thought that, but the, you're the guy. You're the guy we're yeah. rooting for. But there's no way you're gonna win. Right. And I couldn't direct someone else to do it because it would then would be something something so completely different. You know. Yeah, what I mean? but like it seems to me that in those vignettes that you know once you you get no traction. Yeah. And no, you have no leverage, and you're just getting the shit beaten out of you. Yeah. It, that, the the comedy would probably dissipate a little bit. I thought, and yeah, that's amazing, misguided because I thought it would go the other way. I thought it would just build. Like I thought it would just be like the repetition of the violence would just make it would almost like um, negate it, and right. it would just become something that was just like pure humor. Maybe it would if you put them all. It's like Wiley Coyote. You know? Yeah, that's exactly yeah exactly right. kind of what I was going for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I, the, well, what was your when you were doing it? I mean, because I think Wiley Coyote is sympathetic only because, like, you know, his face could he could blow himself up and then right. be all smoking cinders, and then you see him the next, you know, he's yeah. he's back together very quickly. Yeah, he's a fucking cartoon. That's why it <laughs> didn't work out. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. something you know, he's you know, he's never gonna. And it was like also a strange time in my life. You know, it's like a while ago, and it it was a strange time because it, people were like genuinely concerned. For me you know like like what like everyone thought i was like losing it a little bit or i didn't realize what I, the truth is like i knew what I, I was wanting to do right i was just really ambitious with that and oh, I, they thought because this was the project and well, well a lot of this is like i remember this is like you don't there was this thing that people would say like you, you don't know where your life begins in the oh right in your, right 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 do you right, know what i mean yeah where like life begins in the in the work and, right and right it, it, it was all the and it was more like it wasn't that i didn't know it was more like i just didn't I wanted it all to be the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I I know exactly what I mean. I I feel the the same way in in in, in what I do. Like cuz I realized the other night where I got off stage at Bam, you know, after performing for 2000 people, and I just, you know, I went and I got my little bag and I put my things in it and I and I was just walking out. With I didn't yeah. register that there was no change in tone really. Yeah. And it's like a, that's like a weird it is so sometimes also when you're younger it's also kind of can become dangerous and murky because you never want things to end right yeah because and also you're working through bigger things you know sort of developing your identity taking chances for the first time taking chances develop also it's like an energy when you're younger yeah at least for me yeah it's like an energy that you just you get like amped up on a certain on a thing and yeah. you just never want the you know what i mean sure. like days and nights and yeah. and and truth and and fiction like you wanted i don't know like it i wanted it all to be the same and and like to to never end well it's sort of interesting to see you now and like when i saw you in uh, austin that was a weird night <laughs> that was funny that was hilarious <laughs> i don't know if it was hilarious for me but it was pretty good yeah it was like awkward i didn't uh, well because i didn't know you and yeah. i didn't know james and you know and, and and you guys have been thrust into this situation yeah which i don't think either of you knew what it was no and it, it just like i was trying my hardest to do something and then you know no i i think um no i think like at that point like yeah we're for familiar james definitely i remember not like knowing what was yeah. going, like you know and uh i rem i remember it was the weirdness of like the other guys also that were Sitting in there, there. and then yeah. there was like an audience right and then that some guy in the audience started like remember there was some guy in the audience who stood up and started screaming oh that's well that was eddie that was a show all right, all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I kind of like, but it was this weird mixture of like of like strange mixture of like personalities and yeah. situation. Sometimes that makes for like something that's really awkwardly. It was. It was awkward. Great. Yeah, good. Good. That was like awkward. Like, but I don't know any of us were doing it on purpose. I think James was just trying to, you know, like rise above it yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he didn't want to be made a fool of. Right. Right. And right. you, you sort of kind of detached and fragmented yeah. out on me. I, I was more just like watching what was happening. Right. And then like you come out and I ask you a question and I spit on you. Remember there <laughs> yeah, was a moment yeah, yeah. It's like you just spit on me. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going well at all. This is a fucking disaster. It was good. It was like theater. It was some kind of weird theater. It was a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was so upset by it at the afterwards. But like that, like that, uh, the, when I saw, you know, I remember when you were young that you know you're sort of like you know a little wild yeah 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 yeah. and now look at us like you know yeah. you're 40 you're yeah. just a guy yeah 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 yeah. yeah. you got a kid now yeah we're just a just a guy with a kid <laughs> yeah but it happens yeah. right well yeah i mean it happens but i you're like the same person but i don't know it, it really depends it, it it's um uh it's like all in there. Sure, I know. It doesn't you know go away. I mean? yeah. like it, it's like all like, uh, it's not like a rejection of anything. But it's, From the it, past. No, but it's more like you want your life to, at some point, if you're going to keep being able to like live and, you know, grow and expand. And uh, if you're just going to survive and you just want to have like a, like a life, you have to like uh, be like, I was like receptive to stages. Yeah. And, and things get tempered. You know, there's things that you used to be afraid of that you aren't. And now, just by virtue of being older. Right. Like, it's not like anything changes right. other than like, no, I don't need to do that anymore, I don't think. Well, right. It also is like, when you're talking about young, I mean, like, I was like making things as a kid. So you really are like a kid. Like, yeah. you really are like a teenager or, a, you know, in your early 20s, it really is like, a, you're still just figuring things. Right. Just figuring it out, you well, know. Well, you went to that 20-year uh, yeah. anniversary of yeah. kids. How old were you when you made kids? Or when you wrote so it? So I was, um, I just graduated high school. I was probably, I was my first semester at NYU, so like 19 or something. So it's been like 21 years. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who was there? So that's why I was in, in New York now. It's Because uh, generally I wouldn't be here. But you Do you not like coming back? Not really. I, um, it's probably like my least favorite place to be come back to. Why? I don't know. I just like. Does it make you sad? It's it's maybe there's like some there's definitely there maybe sadness because I get that sometimes in, in some of it, but it's more like uh, for one like I don't like recognize it. It's like a weird thing because yeah, I recognize it, but I also don't recognize it. Right? Yeah, Do you no, know what I feel I mean? that. Yeah, and then um, I was here when you were here. I was here twenty years ago. Yeah, and I recognize, and it feels like a shopping mall to me now, in right? A lot, in a lot of ways, and. I mean, the city itself is beautiful, um, but I don't like uh, a lot of it. Yeah, it holds a lot of memories, a lot of ghosts yeah, here. Yeah. And it's also just like, it's, it's like super kind of aggressive. I just am like, I don't really in, it feels like an office. Like I eat, come kind of like a gum, do, do my thing. It would right. be a weird place. I don't think I could ever like live here again. I don't think so. I, could, I couldn't either really. Because you get to, there's a pace to it that's kind of exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get into that zone, and everything's moving quickly, and you, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you're like, I had I had forty dollars this morning. Where is it? Yeah, and you know, and and, uh, and it's exhausting. But you know how to be here because you live like, here. I don't really know like what it stands for anymore. Like that's a good point. Or I don't know like what the 
not just for yourself but in general yeah just in general past like a kind of consumption i don't really right. know what like what what it is anymore it's interesting because like when you did kids and that you know that sort of your generation of people doing the art whatever it was that was almost the end of it yeah i mean it's just all it seems yeah. like all of that vitality is yeah because it, it was, was like the last maybe that was like the last it was like the last kind of ga- gasp of like the wildness in the city because yeah. it, it was like kind of you know the thing that was like cool and like when i when i was a teenager when i moved here from nashville was it like these still there was that idea that like kids with no money creative kids from around america people that had just like a dream yeah and visions could just come and you could like pull your money together and get some place in the city and live and like do your thing and it's i guess you you can't really do that in the same because no one could afford like five thousand dollars you know rent and like little kid like you know 18 year old kids can't so you move out to like i guess they move out to like one of the other Brooklyn boroughs or queens or but it's yeah. but those places are different yep their whole I, I don't know what's going on out in brooklyn i missed that whole thing but it's different and it's also like i mean the world itself is different in that you know it's a little affected at, at, now at the, but at the time it was very much about like culturally about that at that point there was something about like people trying to like get lost right and and there was like also you know you always talk about like the danger of the city yeah. and stuff like that but it was there was like a kind of like a palpable violence and a danger and a fe- and a feeling that like if you went to this place or you did this thing you might not like come out the other end yeah you know and so that's exciting well, that's what you were talking about too just with the you know getting it, punched up and yeah but I mean, it's just exciting because it was the extremes and it was also like it was big and you could just get like lost in, it. in new york yeah and you right. can like and, and culturally it was weird and like you yeah. could like go into like movie theaters and there'd be junkies passed out and it was just like a strange like rhythm to the city yeah, yeah, and yeah. Li- and like it wasn't like everyone was so into in boxes yeah it doesn't and i don't know who's here anymore i don't know who these right. people are like there's no familiarity to it Right and, and and like in Brooklyn, I guess that's where a lot of young people live. But there's a whole fashion to things there too. Right, right. It doesn't feel like there's any. There's not a lot of risks being taken creatively right. in general. Right. Yeah. Well, that's like a. Yeah, that's true. That's even a bigger thing. Yeah, I but, mean, because like that, the kind of like even when I remember when I saw kids, there was something kind of like weird and raw and yeah. visceral about it, and the city was a big part of that. Yeah, like you can. I said it the other because that's why I was here. So like, too, it was the 20 year anniversary. Right couple nights ago of the they screened it and i hadn't seen it none i don't think a lot of us had seen it since it was almost made yeah and the actors were there and was and, larry there and larry was there really yeah everybody showed up and and um and it was yeah it was like really trippy it was really and i was like saying that i don't think that the movie probably could even exist you could never make the movie again not just because of it's so much less permissive now but or it's like it would be so much more difficult now because there's so many more rules but it's even just like narratively story wise it's like you can never have it's like her trying to find this guy her trying to find telly yeah because so now she would, do it next. yeah now she would just take a cell phone and text him and say you gave me aids yeah you know what i mean or like right. you get you know it would be like there would be no movie like you really with films it's like in writing you can't you can't really get lost in america anymore like you right. can't make ro- a film that's like a road movie anymore because everyone has gps there's like impossible to to really lose yourself anymore that's interesting huh and because it, it, it not only because narratively speaking but but it 
there's no mystery to anything. Like there's no Yeah. Well technology really in a lot of ways, like all the technology, it really kind of made it really it made drama difficult in yeah. some ways because like in order to be if you're even trying to be a little bit accurate you have to like address it and it's kind of a lot of it is not that exciting to, is, see, to see isn't that weird though that like the, like a conceit for a movie would be like we're gonna take these four characters and just try to have them spend three days without their phones right right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it totally it, it, that's that's an experimental film yeah yeah that is i mean it's it's weird you can't really movies that won't like yeah that movie wouldn't have made sense now how's uh how was um chloe was there too yeah yeah and larry clark was there yeah yeah do you how is your relationship with him um you know i hadn't like we didn't really um like keep so much in contact with yeah. each other uh the, like for a while but like it was um uh but no, it was nice because it, as seeing him after all these years, it was like it was good because he was like a big part of my life as a kid, you know. And like watching him as an artist, like I didn't know artists, I didn't know the way artists function. How did you meet him? Was it through the photographs or what? No, I met him in a park. Like he just like uh, I was in Washington Square Park. He just like was. I was between classes and I was hanging out with some of my friends in the park, and he was taking photos of like skaters and stuff. Yeah. They were, and he was just next to me, and I don't know. He just started talking, and then like I, um, uh, I was, I guess he was had a Leica or something. I was like asking him about his camera, and then he asked me what I wanted to do, and I was like, I wanted to make movies. And what I used to do is in high school, I'd make these films in high school, um, and because when I was young, I wanted to make movies young. Like I really wanted to, I was like on fire, you know, I, yeah. I wanted, I couldn't be contained. I was like, really wanted to, to, to make films like right then and there. Yeah. And so what I would do is I was living in my grandma's house. I didn't have any money and I would just have a stacks of VHS tapes of my, all the films I'd made in high school. And I would have her phone number written up, my grandma's phone number written on it. And I had a pager, a beeper and I put the, and then if I saw somebody that I thought like might like one of the movies, I would just hand them a film. Like I would just hand them like a video. And so I think that's probably what happened. Like I talked to Larry and I was like, you should watch the, like, you know, and I just stuck like a video. Like and, and what were the videos of you? They're just like these like little like movies I was making and I was shooting on like 16 millimeter. Uh -huh. And like I, I had been in a, um, you know, I was like never like particularly good in school. I wasn't bad, but it was just like a normal-ish like, yeah. you know, but I never had, a, you know, went to public schools and stuff in Nashville. It was pretty crappy. And, yeah. like, but socially they were kind of, they were good. I liked the, it was it was a strange time in the South. And, and, and the schools that I went to were actually really socially progressive and, uh -huh. like, and interesting. But the, um, but I had, like, this, I, I had never been told, I, I was always, you know, we used to get hit in school right. and stuff, you know, like, I, and I'd never been told by a teacher that I had never done anything, that anything I was doing was good. I'd never, you know what I mean? Like, right. I just used to goof around and, like... Kind of a clown kid? No, yeah, or not a clown, but, like, I was just, like, into my own thing and, like, I, I'd been a skateboard, I was, like, skateboarding and stuff and, like... And um, where'd your parents, where'd you get your parents come from? I mean, they like, both yeah. come from New York, but they. I grew up in a commune in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, from I, I and then I grew up in a commune and then moved to Nashville in like, uh, uh probably as like ten years. The old. commune was in Tennessee. Yeah. 
You no. were born there? I was born in Bolinas, California. Where it's, that's where the seals are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. love the fucking Bolinas, man. Yeah. I was, oh. I, I was born in Bolinas, like in a kind of communal thing there, too. So your parents were kind of into yeah. that? They yeah, both yeah, still yeah. around? They're both around, yeah. They, like, live out in the jungle. Do they really? Yeah. In Nashville? In no, Tennessee? no, no. They live in... Uh, the actual in jungle? Pa- in Panama. Really? Yeah, yeah. So at least they committed to their... their yeah, they're on their... They, they just do their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> you get along with them? Yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of? it's all yeah, it's all good. <laughs> and uh um, You're able to find them though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, definitely. They have phones and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And um I uh so you hadn't you didn't really have role models and the teachers were not very supportive. So then I had this I took this creative writing class and like um uh and I wrote this story. I was probably 15 or 16 yeah. or something like that. And I had this teacher and I like wrote a, like a short story. Yeah. And it was like the first time, like, and I was like falling asleep in class and she like held up my, this paper. And she was like, she was like, said, Hey, Harmony, can you stand up and read this to your guy? I was like, what? I was, I was in trouble. I was going to get hit or something. Yeah. She said, Oh, this is so good. And blah, blah, blah. And after, after class, she said like, what do you want to do when you get older? And I was like, I just wanted to make movies. That's like all I ever wanted to do at that point and she said well if i can get you money could you turn this story that you wrote into a film uh like a short movie and i was like of course and she somehow like went to the school board and got me a couple thousand dollars and uh my dad showed me how to work the cameras and like i got like a filmmaker yeah he had been a documentary filmmaker in the 70s and and eighties and like and showed me how to like um how to how to edit a film and like I l- like the technical side of things and then I somehow just like translated this into like a you know into a, a script and or into a movie and then uh, that was like what I ended up getting like a scholarship to NYU and like because I didn't really have money to pay for the tuition right so I was like that's kind of how it all happened and then that I met Larry in the park uh, wow. So that did you is did you stay in touch yeah. with that teacher? Did yeah, her name is Miss Bradshaw. I I I've like seen her a couple of times in Nashville when I go back. Yeah, really? She, she's great. It was like one of those weird things you never hear. Like people actually anytime you say, "Oh, teacher really did something for like she really did." She like that really was one of those things that like really does like had a huge effect. Oh yeah, your on whole your, life on your life because you know I can barely even remember the names of it, my teachers. Right, any teacher except just you know her but she really like had this like she did this one gesture for me that like really ended up change your life setting it all off because it was only like two it was only what like two or three years from that point that i was making a real movie so you meet larry and he's uh, taking pictures and and you gave him a videotape and then how's that sort of and then um this was like he's an intense guy yeah 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 definitely and like you know i wasn't really familiar with at that point i was just come up from Nashville. I was probably yeah, like nineteen. You didn't know his photographs. No, so but I didn't really know any. Was that any, Tulsa and kids t- or in the other Tulsa one, the Times like Square? T- teenage Lost. Teenage and, West, right? And and those and I went over and um, but but just in talking to him, he liked the same types. Of, even before I was even knew it, we like liked a lot of the same types of movies, right? At the time, which were what? Well, I remember like being we were like we were talking about specifically youth films, and there uh-huh. were movies like Over the Edge. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Rumblefish, yeah. uh, um, The Outsiders. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a movie, Brazilian film called Pichote by Hector Babenco. Oh, that's a heavy movie. That that was really big. Um, well, I remember seeing that when I was a kid. That was a about like the pickpockets. 
Yeah, in, yeah, Pichot. In, in yeah, oh, it's so brutal. You're right. That's right. That yeah. fucking. It was a big. It was a big kind of influence. I can, on, and now I can yeah. see that. And I can like, see that. And even like kind of Cassavetti's movies at the time were a big, a super big deal for me and and him and. Um, yeah, that's how it started. And then I just went over. I I went over to his house. I remember Gus Van Sant was there, and I knew who Gus was, um, you know, and from my own private Idaho at that time, and drugstore cowboy and stuff. And so, Good movie. and they were like, you know, Gus wanted to produce this film with Larry. Like Gus was a fan of Larry's, and that's kind of how it all happened. I was like, oh, this looks legit. And <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. and and I was like my first semester at school, so I didn't really know what. You know, I was just barely figuring out even out what like how to write a screenplay. Right. What a screenplay was. I didn't know other writers. I had no idea. You're like nineteen, eighteen? Yeah. No, I had no idea like what so how, how it worked either. So who helped you put it together? I mean who helped you write the script? Nobody, because I had written because I was just right I just just figured it out. I mean, I was just starting I was at the dramatic writing program and right. so I would just ask the teachers like what's the format and how to do it. I understood basic things, three act structure sure. at that point. I, I wasn't like I, I I wasn't like deconstructing narrative yet. I was really just like it's, it's a very basic movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, um structurally. And like uh and I just understood like just innately kind of more like rhythms of of the movies and yeah. like this idea of like one page is one minute type of thing uh-huh. and so you know, of screen time yeah. so it was like this kind of thing and um I, I you know it's kind of a crazy story but it's like i probably wrote it in like a week at my grandma's my grandma's basement in nashville no in queens yeah oh, where, in, oh, where she right lived there. when i was going That's to school where you got the page yeah. The, right, yeah she would like come and cut me fruit and like come in and <laughs> hand it to me and uh she and I would just write. I didn't know. I thought that was the, how long it should take you to write a script. There were right. no like rewrites. I were just, you just fevered? Just kind of like, yeah. yeah, there was no notes or anything. I mean, like we had discussed like what the film was going to be about. You and Larry and Gus? Or no, just you I, and no. Larry? Yeah, just me and Larry. And like discuss like the things that he wanted the film to be about. And there, I knew all those kids. And so I was, it was a very specific, their, their dialogue, their voices. And I was kind of like, it's in a lot of ways part of that anyway so it was really familiar for me yeah and i was like in it you know it's like you don't realize at the time but you're like writing from the inside you're like really in it and that's where and that was chloe's first movie yeah it was everybody's i mean that was good to go back to it was like i didn't even yeah as i was doing it, i didn't even know what was going to happen till the page right i've never written like that since and it's like a really it's a it's an awesome way it's like a freaky way of doing things but you just kind of you're just flying you're just right. going for it because none of it seems real anyway. Like the idea that a movie would get made when you're a kid doesn't seem. So it was all unfolding without a plan. You're saying on the page. Yeah, like I didn't know what the ending was going to be till I got to the end. Right. Like it's I didn't, like a, like I, a I novel. Didn't, yeah, I didn't know, but but even even like now, and I write, I still write pretty loose, but I have like n- card, no cards, or some type of like broad structure. Then I was really just like flying with it. And how did you feel that uh, you know watching it with the cast and everybody? It was cool. Yeah, it was like how to hold up. No, I mean it was uh it's it it was yeah, I thought it was like you know it was awesome it was to see it was like a beautiful movie uh, print and it's pretty still seems pretty shocking I think when you see it it's hard for me some, with a little bit cuz the um like two of the stars from the movie are dead so how that, they die just um you know justin right uh, who is casper character killed himself and uh and harold uh overdose so it was like a kind of uh yeah. you know it's hard like seeing them as kids on the screen like, yeah hearing yeah, their yeah. Voices oh, and yeah, stuff. yeah yeah but beyond that it was it was uh it was cool i mean 
it, it's definitely like a document of that time. I, yeah. had, I hadn't even watched it since that time. So it was like, it's tri- it was trippy. Yeah. But that, like that movie set the whole thing going with you. You became sort of like a, like a, a little rock star in New York. Right. Yeah. I remember seeing you on Letterman. Yeah. 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 He used to go on Letterman. Yeah. He got a, got a real kick out of you. Yeah. It was fun. It was like, um, it was cool because it let me make my own movies. Right. So, and it, and I also got to watch how you made films and stuff. And it was like the thing, like none of us, Chloe Rosario, nobody had ever, even Larry, like no one had ever even made him. No one, it was everybody. Was that was first Larry's time. first film? It was everybody's first thing. Like nobody had ever done anything before. So yeah, it was wild that it actually became this whole thing. What well, sort of defi- like I you like Larry's movies in general? Yeah, I think that you know the thing with Larry's like I th- I always viewed him as like an just really his movies and his work, his photographs and everything is all tied sure. to the same thing. I think he's like I think he's very important in his and his and and uh it's a kind of unified vision for him. There's a, it's like the it, it's kind of the the you know, pushing youth out into the darkness as far as it right, can go. Right. Like I thought Bully was fucking right. kind of brain bending. Right, 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 right. Right. Like it, it, you could feel it on your fucking skin, man. Yeah, yeah. What was your relationship with David Blaine? Is that around the time that started too? Yeah. You guys just buddies? You just liked Well what happened was like, yeah, it was actually like I met him like at the the he came to the premiere of the movie. It was at Miramax and um and I remember With kids? Yeah. And I was like with my grandma and yeah. I was like hanging out and my grandma my little brother and he like uh and i'd heard i'd been hearing about him for a while like i've yeah. been hearing about this magician yeah. that everyone was talking about this magician who was a kid magician who was, and i was like i didn't know anything about magic i was just like magicians just like with rabbits and stuff pulling rabbits out of hats and like i didn't have like an idea of like what magic was you know like past just cheese ball yeah and yeah, he came up and just like walked right up to me and he like held his deck of cards and it was like still all in a wrap. They were wrapped up. Yeah. They were just like in a, it wasn't like he just held a deck and he right. just said, I want you to like visualize a card, but don't say it. And I was like, all right. And he was like, don't say it. And he said, put it, just put it in your head. And then I was like, all right. And then like I opened up this pack of, uh, uh, and um, he, uh, I cut it and he's like turned a card over and it was the card that I was like in my brain that I'd never you know it was like yeah. it was like the actual and I was like what the fuck and then he went to my brother <laughs> and my brother was wearing these and he took I have no idea how he did it but he took off his socks while he was wearing his shoes like he took his my he just went up to his socks and pulled his socks off but his shoes stayed on your brother yes my brother my little brother and then he just held my brother's socks in his hand and that was it. That was like, I got to know this guy. Yeah, it was because it was like, whoa. I was super trippy and I was just like, whoa, come over to my... Yeah, I was like, I wanted to like really figure... Because everybody was an artist or everybody right. was like so many... There's a lot of painters around, yeah. photographers and musicians. But I'd never met someone that could like... That was pulling socks off your feet like that. That was like something... And, and, and also, it was intriguing because you knew that it took discipline yeah. to like... What he was doing There's was There's a like, craft to it. A craft and also like who else does that? Right. Where do you even come up with that? Right. And so yeah, from there we became very close. Did friends. you ever did you ever figure out how he did it? Not that trick. I mean, even the weird thing about David and a lot of those a lot of that is that like even when you kind of know how it's done or you hear how it's done, it's still equal it doesn't almost matter. Yeah, because you know what I mean? Because off, even, right. well, even it's so hard. 
even yeah. like the way it's done, you're just like, wow, it's like, you know. Yeah, even like, the you know, trick like, it takes Well, if like someone skill. like, if someone, let's say, scales the, the Empire State Building, right. you know how it's done. They just scale it. But it's amazing. Yeah. Does it make it any less? Like, you know, yeah. they just climb it. Right. How do you do it? You climb, you climb it. it. But, but you did it. The, yeah. the act of doing it is still dead. Yeah. It doesn't matter how. Yeah, you do so it's it. so yeah. it it never really like ruined anything for me. And you shot you shot him do some stuff. You shot the in the early days because we were friends. Like in the really early, yeah. I would shoot some of his things for his specials and stuff. Right, and a lot of that stuff came from um, talking with him. Was like I used to love that show, Cops. Right, and and like and it was and, and I think at one point suggested why don't you just do what they do with cops except do it with magic you know take it like i love like cops is really the first show where you were like seeing the inside of people's houses and yeah. the way people lived it was like really like a revolution like pretty like revolutionary and like it was like you were like going into like like these places where you were not invited like you were seeing like the you know oh, look at how the, but their couch is all fucked up but in like yeah. a mainstream context yeah. which was you know up until that point uh, you know, most Americans never weren't exposed to you know being exposed. Yeah, being exposed in that way, and so he, I think, like he ended up getting that producer that did that show, yeah. and they ended up that, and that that was definitely like part of what, all that street magic thing. Right, right. Yeah, it's just like uh, bringing people in, seeing the reaction. yeah, like doing it yeah. like a non scripted. Right, it was before. I mean, now everything is like that. Right, but it was like before before that isn't that that's kind of wild to think about that that weird intrusion sounds like you did a little of that with uh with gummo as well just going into people's environments yeah gummo was like that gummo was um because I, I grew up there so it was like it was, but you didn't know all the people no you but i knew, knew the area yeah i knew the end but i knew i did know some of the people and i knew like um but I had, yeah, yeah, growing up probably like a mile away from there. It was at that time. It was this area called the Nations. It was a pretty gnarly area yeah. in in Nashville, and and um, now it's like coffee shops, and it's more it's gentrified. It's like weird to go. How there. How you feeling about that? To go there. The gentrification of uh, Nashville. Yeah, no, it's upsetting to me, but it's also you know it's like one of those things I think about all the time. It's not just Nashville, but it's like a lot of it's a, a lot of uh, everywhere, and so it's a difficult thing. Nashville is interesting because it's become a more, you know, I live there now. Uh, it's become more, um, definitely more gentrified. It's like country flavored right now, where it was like as a kid growing up, it was all rednecks and like all it was like, country. Yeah, and that's just like what it was. It was like that. It was like it was pretty. You know, it was authentic. It was like there wasn't really much to do. And it was like that. Now you have like restaurants and all this stuff and like, yeah, but it's like country flavored, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, they, and also like country flavored on two levels. There's like this sort of like old uh, kind of old guard touristy country, yeah. And now you get a bunch of young people who have been like Mumforded, and they're yeah, yeah you know, with the, that's the worst to yeah. me. Like that shit, the hipster element where you well, got, just like, like that Americana stuff. Is right. Like I, I actually like hate it. Like yeah, well, all that, like I, I. What I, are the exact feelings? Can you help me identify mine because I understand it. There seems to be a craving for authenticity that isn't earned. Well, I just hate it. I just find it obnoxious, like yeah. all that denim crap and like uh, Imogene and, and, and Willie's and, 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 in the gas station. Just, I'm just gonna be like all this denim and banjos and stuff. I just <laughs> like I just cannot into. Uh, I and also like I feel like there's this this weird thing about when people talk about like without getting like too specific there's this weird thing about like heritage mm -hmm. and and it's like a kind of coded lang 
like vernacular to me. This like thing of like heritage, or like uh, in in terms of Americana. Yeah, where I'm just like I'm not exactly sure. I like 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 I yeah. just you know what I mean. Like I don't really even listen to music anymore that has like lyrics. I don't even want to hear people saying anything anymore. Yeah. What are you um, listening to? I just like listen like mostly like electronic music or yeah. I listen like you know rap music uh-huh. is pretty much. Uh, but I try to listen to like the mo- like the the most like debased right like the least kind of profound just because it's less demanding art yeah it's that and i just don't really want to hear any it's like weird in my mind i don't want to hear anyone like like talking anymore <laughs> like you know what Enough i mean like it's like strange like when i, I was, get it when i was younger i used to like really like th- a lot of that stuff and like and now it's almost like i don't I kind of shy away from it. I try like I would. It's like I don't really want to like hear anyone like talking anymore. Yeah. In the in the in with music, I, I it's more what I like now is things that it's like more. Um, I I guess I I I might gravitate toward things that are more like sensory or more like atmospheric, like, atmospheric or things that make me like even with the movies and like just like in general like my the way that I feel that I you know what I'm trying to do with things and uh-huh. it's more of a it's more like a kind of post articulation or something that's like beyond just like a right. I'm I for whatever reasons feel more pulled towards something that's like more of like an emotion or more like right. an energy let's right. say or something that's like right. more like inexplicable right and so like with music it's like I don't you know I just for whatever reason was like like listening to things that are kind of unemotion like uh, that are more detached right well, I, I can see what you're saying. Like in film too, you see, in in doing having that craving to create feeling in almost like a, a, a sort of a, a poetic way, visually and otherwise. You seem to like to do things that are jarring. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. There's definitely yeah. A, a, your way in is to punch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, yeah. There's yeah. not many like there's, there's not a lot of you know easygoing. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. I don't really like that. Yeah, I don't really, I don't, you know, it's like, I really want to just, I've always just kind of wanted to like go, go for it. Right. And like, I always just felt like wanting to just attack. Do you know what I mean? Like in a attack in like, in an interesting way, but I always wanted the films or the artwork, whatever it is to have a a kind of more sensory component where it's just like, it like goes through you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in this way, it's like, it's something that like washes through you or that attacks you and then it disappears. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because like I don't really have anything that like to say. Yeah. You know when people are like, "What do you have to say?" I don't really have anything like specific to like. I don't have like a point. Yeah. The film. There's not like one general point. I'm not. Never been interested really myself in making a kind of specific statement. It's more about a feel. I've always felt like the work is more about, in generally, about a a feeling. Well, when you do like when you do something like uh, you know Julian Donkey Boy. Which is about that's a schizophrenic one, right? Right. Yep. So that that's a portal mm-hmm. into almost just yeah. any fucking thing you want. Right. 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 And maybe there's like if something says something, it's more of the residue of sure of it. But, but like you find a way in that's yeah. jarring, and then you have this freedom. Right. Yeah. Or it's more like you just want it to f- like I I want you to feel like you're there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like is right right by by virtue of. Um, it, that, that's the magic of it. It's not telling somebody they're there, but because of what's going on, the connection becomes very immediate because it's causing you this. It's also tension. like a kind of controlled chaos, and I've this, right. this idea that it's okay to be lost at some t- at some some right. points, and yeah. that things don't always have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Hardly that, ever. 
And it's sometimes it's like nice for things just to exist, just and and just to kind of like, like I said, like hit you, attack mm-hmm. you, and go. You don't always have to completely be able to like understand it, right? You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's nice to have things like in somewhat inexplicable, or something that kind of. It's why I was never really interested in like this idea of like tr- truth, this obsession with truth and in, in in art, or mm-hmm. truth in film, or truth in art. I was always like, truth is kind of, for me at least, boring a little yeah. bit. And you, you want things that are that elevate, right, and transcend something that's more like a kind of like a poetry or like a like a, a sensory type. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, something yeah, that's no, more no, no. like goes beyond this idea of truth and becomes like kind of transcendent. Its own thing. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's why even to go back to like the very first thing you talked about. Sometimes I'll just make things that it won't put out yet because I haven't. Because, like, I either feel like they're not done yet, I'm not ready for them to come yeah. out yet, or they don't really have. There's no rhyme or reason for their existence. Right. Wait, who? What, what was your relationship? Um, how did the relationship with Werner Herzog start? Um, so Herzog was like. Um, because it sounds like yeah. you were influenced by him a lot. A yeah, Herzog's bit. just like one of my. He, yeah, he's like almost like a, a like. It's a huge influence as a person and as a as a kid growing up. His movies meant a lot to me. I mean, his movies still mean a lot to Which me. Which ones in particular for the most? Oh, I mean, I I mean, I, I love most of his almost all his films, but the ones that I I really were just mo- most blown away. I was always the Bruno S movies were. You know, I, I, um, I, the Kinski films I love, but the Bruno S movies were just, um, Strozak was a huge deal. Um, yeah. uh, every man for himself and God against all like those. And even like, even Dwarf started small, um, land of silence and darkness. Like th- those films were really, uh, to see that type of like, that kind of like weird mishmash of like, fi- of, of, of truth and fiction. And then realize that like that, that, there was a potion to it that neither one of them on their own really was a big deal, but together there was something like really, you know, trying to figure out what was true and what wasn't true. Right, right. And then you're almost like, you're almost like, wow, you're left with something like so, so grand, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so, and the way, way it happened was like, he, um, I actually, it was with Gummo. He had this guy, Tom Luddy, who ran the San Francisco Film Festival, or Telluride Film Festival, yeah. showed him a, before it came out. Herzog a, a, um, a, had screened a f- the film for him and I was uh, sitting in my house and I picked up the phone and it was Herzog and he was like he was like I've just seen your movie it is the most audacious debut he was like you were the last foot soldier in the army and <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you must come out to San Francisco. And I, I jumped on an airplane. I went out to San Francisco. You know, I was probably like 23 or something, 24 at that time. And he was living in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, it was a huge deal for me. Um, just because it was like one of those people who was like very her- like heroic, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and then we became friends. And he was, you know, started, he was in, I started casting him in my films. And, and just like, as always, yeah, he's just, he's, he's a, He's kind of just a a, fr- a good friend. Yeah, yeah. You talk to him pretty regularly. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Werner is he's like really, he really does his like work work ethic is insane. It's always so, working. So it's like he's putting on movies, his movies, and he's like putting on plays. I mean, he's directing operas. He's like really like he does things that like that, I, that people don't even know about. He's teaching schools. He's like yeah. I mean, it's crazy. When I was, I remember when we were ca- when I was like doing location scouts for some breakers, and and I would like I we were in like. Uh, 
in Florida, I think we were looking in like, um, was it, uh, uh, Sarasota or something. Yeah. I was like scouting colleges, just yeah. random schools there. And then I would go to like, there would be like this place called like Ringling College, which was started by like Ringling Brothers. Oh yeah, Clown College? Clown College. Yeah. And you're there and they were like, they were like, Herzog just taught a course here. And you were like, what? <laughs> they were like, yeah, he's on the board. And they were like, what? And they were like, yeah, he edited his film at, uh, he edited his last movie here. And you're like, really? And then he'd go to this other school. There's another place there called New College. And they were like, yeah, Herzog's on the board here. He just taught like, and you're like, and I'm like in, you know, you know you're like somewhere in Florida, just like random. Right. But he's like that. He's like, uh, he's like everywhere. Wow. And yeah, he's kind of like. He's like, there's like 10 of him. Yeah. Do you take anything from that work ethic? Do you have any desire to work like that? It's different for me. Like, I need my, I need time between the films because the movies especially take so much out of me. So, like, it takes me, like, I do a movie, it's like, always a film feels like, I've never had, I've really never had, I have director friends who've had easy experiences with films. I never really had a, an easy experience. Why? I don't know. They're always... Um, maybe it's types of movies that I make or maybe it's just myself not ever let I'm like a greedy director I always feel like I need more I always don't feel satisfied like I don't feel like I'm you know like I never have enough time to do all the things that I want to do so I'm just like always railing up against it you know what I mean like yeah. it would ma it makes me nervous to be on set and be comfortable which doesn't really happen so much like when people a lot of times there are people come up to you like oh that movie looked like it was a lot of fun I don't even know what fun on movies is. I don't really, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I paint and I enjoy that in a completely different way. And um, that's fun for me because that's in my own time. And right. it's like something I just like direct and uh, I'm away from people. And I can do it for the movies is like a, I have to gear up. It's like going to, through a kind of war uh, right. in, in some ways. And Spring Breakers, how'd that end up doing? It was great. I mean, it, it, it did like it, it. I think it was just as far as its reach, it went beyond anything I'd done before. And, and structurally, it was a little different. Yeah, it's, it was totally. And, and it, it's exciting. I was like trying to get, I'm like tr getting closer to where what I've always wanted to do, which hopefully I'll be able to do with the next film. So, which is what? Well, it's just like a complete like sensory bombardment. Uh huh. Just like a, a total a wash of just. Whew, but with any story, yeah, yeah, no, okay. that's a definite story. No, there's a story. No, it's like it, but I always say it's like the narrative. The way I feel about storytelling now, it's more like liquid. It right. has to do more with like an energy, right? Like so, I, it's like a liquid narrative. It's yeah. like things that I'm I'm pulled more by. Uh, it's it's more about like a kind of energy or feeling. So time, everything. It's just yeah. like I. Um, it's a definite story. It's like it's a super propulsive, pretty highly violent. It's a kind of revenge movie. It takes place in Miami. This, this and you new, this new you're writing it? No, it's already. I'm you gonna, did it. I'm going to shoot it in January. It's, oh, it's so written. It's, it's all like it's cast? putting it together. Yeah. Did you get uh, anyone attached to it? This? Yeah, I, Benicio Ooh. is going to be in it. Really? Idris Alba wow. is going to do it. I think Pacino's got a part in it. Um, He's yeah, in. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of a bunch of people. Rob Pattinson, I think. That's fucking and, exciting. Uh, is Benicio the lead? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's one. There's like two. Him and Idris. That makes fucking sense, man. Yeah, they're uh, they're great. Benicio is one of my favorites. Right? Yeah, he's one of. The, one he of seems the, very selective too, which is kind of nice. Yeah, he's, you don't see him too often, and when you no. do, you're like, ah, oh, he's here. I've been wanting to work with him for a really long time. This was like the part. This was like I kind of like wrote this part for him, so it was like 
I mean, he's pretty much one of my favorite. Him, yeah. Gary Oldman, right? Are like, really, just like the best, right? Yeah, that's good. Those two are great. Totally. And yeah. uh, he, um, and did you guys meet around it? And he's and he's all. He's, yeah, I mean, I had known him because I we'd almost did something together a while ago, and like I had known him since like the probably like the late 90s or something so but i hadn't like i had never had a thing that could fit like i never had like the right part for him and this is like really like this is the thing well now when you talk about liquid narrative and about an assault on the senses like when you like with with spring breakers so what are you thinking about when when you're putting that movie together you know i I know you've got the an acting force in franco and Mm -hmm. and you've got you know he's going to the wall with that character Mm -hmm. But like, what's what's the energy that you saw as the creator pushing through that whole movie? Is it? Yeah, um, I just it really honestly like with that film, it was I had this idea of uh, I was like looking at all this like coed like porn and stuff at right. the time, and like I like girls gone wild shit. Yeah, and just yeah. like I was like I was kind of trying to using it more for like the idea for some, some art. I was gonna artworks and things that I was was I was contemplating, and like I had. I had like lots of yeah. It was just like pictures of like it was like just debauchery, spring break debauchery. Right. It was just like you know, uh, kids on the beach puking and kegs and like this all this stuff. And I started to see there was like this kind of inner. When I looked at all the imagery, and I probably collected stuff from a couple, for a couple of years. When I looked at it all together, it, I started to see like colors and like things, and um, there was more like inner kind of coded vernacular, like more things that like with that I thought were interesting. They were speaking to me, the colors of the skies, the, right. the, the bikinis, the white sand, the, just that, that world was like, you know, I was like, and I also remembered it from growing up in the South. The spring break was, had been this big thing and like culturally. And, and so I just had an image honestly of like girls, the whole movie started just like a dream type of image of just girls in bikinis with ski masks, like the like the like thugs use like yeah. those, those like ski masks and like I I had an image of girls in bikini robbing tourists and that was like really at like girls bikinis and guns on the beach right and like from there I I just started kind of I was like if that was it really is that simple I was like if that's gonna if that were to happen in real life how would that happen type of thing thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, and sometimes that's the way. So you had an image, and you retrofitted the story. A lot of the movies, that's the way it happens for me. It's more like you become obsessed with, like, or I become obsessed with, like, a specific image. There's like one or two things that I, for I don't even really know why I want to see them past the point of just wanting them to exist, and then I start to create a story or some type of a narrative around that. So you would be like, well, if I'm going to get to this point, how would how would it begin? Do you know what I mean? Like, and when how, did you come up with the Franco character? What, what? Um, I think probably that was just a natural thing. Growing up with like white dudes with cornrows on the bu- going to school on the bus in the South was like very, you know, yeah. it was like a real kind of a, a, a kind of a classic American archetype. Did some guy claim that, that he was the guy? Um, I think there, yeah, that there was like a there were like a couple of people that were saying that that it was, and and the truth is, it was really just ba- it wasn't based on anything specific. It was right. based on a, an amalgamation of a lot of right. There were a lot of different. It was like you know, yeah, a lot of different guys, but that that is a kind of a, a person. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. um and then at the same time, um, you know, Franco's process with that was like very specific. It's more like because he's so busy, I would just I I would just send him. For a year, I think probably just clips of uh, of things, audio clips. I like the way this guy speaks. Uh, 
he would and he would just write Pete great peace like like I I would be I sent him like a video clip of like girls in um in a, uh, at a like in a Seven Eleven getting in a fight that would like go on for like five minutes I just like I don't know I just think this this somehow relates to your character and he'd be like great and I would just send him like things that felt tangentially tangentially connected yeah. or you know em- emotionally connected you just wanted him to load up yeah exactly yeah. to get it in and I never to be honest really knew if he was even getting Looking it all right. yeah i just like you know past the point of just like cool like i never knew if it was like um and then when it was time to do the film we pretty much just like walked off that got out of the like got out of the airplane got into this we had the costumes and the whole thing ready i'd been talking to him for a while what he come he'd come down you know big thing for me with movies is like i would try to um i spend a lot of time even before i make the film even before prep just like alone in the place um driving around mm-hmm just like looking at locations like trying to like because the tone of the movies is like such a the ambience in the film is in some ways as big as important for me as the anything else i want you to like i really like the way things look and feel Mm -hmm. and so a lot of it is like me getting lost in places um and like the geography of places Mm -hmm. and and and, because you feel like in movies a lot of times energy is kind of like a tangible thing like you could tell when a movie just stops when a movie, when you, I can always tell when a director just picks locations based on what what a look like a locations person photograph right. the first photos oh this looks good let's shoot right. it there like I I hate that well it seems like you're you're working the opposite way it seems like a a, a a a lot of directors want to totally control the environment and you want to let the environment have a bigger yeah, part than that well also like you feel like the and then it's like i've always felt like the environment is also the movie so right. it's like it, it's as much a character as the as you know yeah. as the actual characters sure so um so with franco he would come and i and, and honestly we would just get in a car and he would just uh i would just turn the music on and we would just drive through neighborhoods we wouldn't even really speak that much and and i would just say this is where you grew up this was your house. It was really like that. I was just making things up. Or yeah. I would just be like, this is where you grab. This is where you, s- you sold, you know, your first dime bag. This is the pier that you robbed your for da 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 yeah. This was like where your dad got shot. This is, and I just kind of like that and, and just like, uh, and then just like let the air come into the car, just breathe it in, soak it up. Look at the way the like lights and the gas stations and, and dudes playing dominoes in backyards and just yeah. like, you know, just like were just people like, like who are those guys just feel yeah i'm sure they thought were super like <laughs> narcs who are those who are those honkies yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and he was did he have the cornrows at that point or this before no that was before i think that was like and did you feel that that you know in his performance that he had absorbed everything you wanted him to yeah because it's like an absorb because even like with that my expectations with direct with actors is a different thing it's it's not a specific thing i want to get it's like anything it's like i want to be surprised right so you want to i want to load them up on as much stuff as i can details looks sounds things like that and then put it inside and then and then walk away and like let them take it to another place that's always what you dream or at least what you right you want to be surprised because i don't have an end game with them other than just to be great i never have like a specific it's never like ultimately like like this is it i don't even know it's more of an abstract idea you just want them to be like to light it on fire you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. like you just want it to like yeah to be to be great and you hope that you can in, that you can inspire them with the character with the idea of who this person is yeah. enough that then they go and like they invent it and that's always the way i felt with even acting it's almost like with acting and directing actors and stuff it's more like when you um 
when you become believable, right? Yeah. When you become the person that you're supposed to be, when you believe that that person is really who he is, then there's really no right or wrong, right? There's mm -hmm. no, like, when you are that character, you become the human. Every single gesture, every single thing becomes real. Mm -hmm. It either is, but it, it's either good or bad. Well, or authentic or not authentic. Or it's exciting or not exciting. Okay. So you can, so you can be authentic. You mean, but not you're not saying there's you're saying there's no you can't make any mistakes if you become the character. Exactly. So, but but there is a moral universe. You can't make the right. mistakes once you become the character, but you can be good and bad. Good and, you can be exciting. Right. I don't even mean good and bad like morally. I right. mean just like to watch. You can be exciting or boring. Like you could still be authentic and awful. Yeah. I think. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> and I think you can be inauthentic and and ex, and exciting. Sure. Like Gary Oldman's character in in True Romance or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's not really an authentic character. Yeah. Like it's like a really heightened version, <laughs> yeah. but it's so thoroughly enjoyable right. to watch. It's it, <laughs> yeah. there's so much magnetism, right. and it's such this kind of creation and this swirl. You're like just taken by it. You don't even question it. Yeah, it's like it's like logic. Sometimes I'll get in arguments with um or debates with actors mm -hmm. um, about like logic in movies. Right. Like how? Why like, would I do that? Yeah. And like why would you do it? And da, da, da. and I understand why they want to know because. It informs their character and sure. da, 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 they need a sense. But like, I'm always thinking like, I want to, you want to go a little bit beyond just like logic. Yeah. Like you don't, I'm like, well, if you're robbing this house at five in the morning as a five, you know, as opposed to five in the afternoon, it doesn't matter. Like I don't, if you're thinking of the, as an audience, if you're thinking about that logic, the movie's not working. Right. Like you want something and I just do it because it looks good. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. is it there? Well, it's there because it looks good and it feels good and, and it's like something amazing. Right. But past that, I don't care about the law, the right. necessarily like the, the logic of it. Sure. Well, that, well, I mean, I think by, that by using narrative the way you use it, I, I think it's people like a viewer should be more forgiving in the sense like you're right. If they're saying like that could never happen. Yeah. Then, then you, you failed because, yeah. because that's not the kind of movie you're making. Yeah, and it's right, exactly, and it's like Star Wars can never happen. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. It's just the strange, That's like, true. but That's different true. films and different types. But when you present something, it, it's extra tricky when you're presenting things in the real world as if they were real, mm -hmm. but they're also heightened. It becomes like a whole other. Well, shit! This new movie sounds amazing. Miami yeah. as a backdrop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've been living in Miami for a while, so it's like good. It's, it's uh, crazy down there, dude. Yeah, isn't no. it? I love it. I mean, I... Yeah, my mother lives in uh, Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, it's close by. I just, it, but I, just, I used to have this weird judgment of Florida, but now I'm sort of like, this is the weirdest place in the fucking world. Yeah, it's weird. It is. That's it, It's almost its own... I kind of probably... I, I, I live between... I have a, a daughter now, and she... And in the summers and stuff, and my wife, and we all, like, live there, and... Um, what part? Um... Um, Miami Beach mm -hmm. like we live in like the mid beach uh -huh. close to South Beach and like we, got, we have a, like a, a house there and like I probably would just move there like you know full time but like there's something also like makes me nervous about the idea of like only being there do you know what I mean? Like I could just end up in some like weird <laughs> vortex. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like need, I feel you like need a retreat. Yeah, from or Florida. just like you know, you know what it is. I don't know. I enjoy it because it's yeah. its own country, and mm -hmm. it definitely works in its own logic. It's it's more like Latin. It's a kind yeah. of more thing, and I kind of I'm like into like the rhythms of that place, but also, I guess being 
I like the way this. I do. I'm affected by the way things look architecturally, like the lights and mm -hmm. and palm trees. Like I love those things. They make me really happy. So I kind of just like ended up there. Uh, so you're really living there, yeah, part time. Yeah, half and half between Nashville and my. You got a house in Nashville. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Why can't you just leave it at that? I am. Okay. I am. That, that's good. And I'll be, I'm shooting the movie there. No, it's 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 great. I hate winters now. Yeah. So winter in Nashville is it bad? Yeah, it's pretty. Really? Yeah, it's not like New York, but right. it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. It's weird as you get older and you can make choices where you're sort of like, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. Gonna, yeah, and also it's just like, think, yeah, exactly. That's like, it's not, it's less, that's like a nice thing about it. Exactly. Um, but also it's just like, um, like I didn't used to mind. I thought like the suffering from the cold was okay, a good part. It was a good thing. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like oh, you yeah. just are like, hey, it's part of like the whole. Like, I, got, I came back here. I was here like maybe for two days of the fucking winter. And yeah. I was like, this was good for two days. It's a reminder. I do miss seasons sometimes. Like, yeah. I think that's one. Yeah, L.A., you, have, you don't you have don't seasons. Have, in, yeah. in Miami, not really either. No. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, like, winter, it's pretty nice. And then summer, it's really hot. You have, but seasonal, yes. Right, you don't right. have yeah. seasons, seasons. Time just becomes this weird thing when you time, have no seasons. Time is what's the scary part. And California is like that. It's just like we're LA. Just, just, gets just lost. like you don't even like every day. It's the same. It doesn't even rain for like a year. Yeah, it just go, it's and a you, little weird. And you can't really, if you grew up around seasons, it's like a strange thing. You can't. You just because you, you don't know if you're you judge life right based on your yeah. time based on seasons. A little bit. I think that's normal. And so that's the scary part about it because out there you're just like, wow, it's just What's all that? like maybe it was all just one day. Yeah, exactly. How many years went by? <laughs> yeah. So uh, all right, one other one other question about uh, like we were talking about technology and. And uh, and and killing story, anyways, because there's no one can get lost anymore. Did, did you ever shoot anything on on film? Everything. You do only film. I I have this thing like I shoot mostly on shoot features mostly on film, and um, but I also don't really. I also uh, I would don't necessarily have a pure allegiance only towards that mm -hmm. for that. But I I feel I've always kind of felt like it there that that video film that vhs it's all whatever it's they're almost like instruments they sure. all have a tone yeah. there's like a place for them they're like a they all have like a sound but there's something. an argument now i talked to uh who did i talk to vince gilligan because um, he shot he shot all of breaking bad on film because he wanted that feeling no and yeah. and and but but he someone they they did the coke you know the coke pepsi test they did the whatever they someone did the test with him where he had some editors say we can do exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's a that's the, the that's what they try to do on every film. So I shoot my, all my movies on. I, everyone's shot on. I shoot, I've only used film for for the for the do, movies. Do you, except when I made a movie that was a, a dogma movie that we shot originally on video and then. And oh, which was one was that? That was Julian. The, yeah, right, right, right. The um the. And Lars von Trier's was okay with it. He, he, yeah, he, yeah, he, no, that was that that was that was part of it. Um, the but film it is like a big it is like. That is like a big argument. I pretty much will like only for these last couple of movies. I pretty much won't make the movie unless I can shoot it on film. But don't, like, I, don't you think that film like it because because you're a guy that wants to get more and more and more that it it it, it imposes limitations. Yeah, it 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 well in some ways it really just depends how you look at it. There's okay. this idea that like because you can because you can shoot unlimited in a way that's unlimited using video mm -hmm. that that's better. And I feel like I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think just because you can, I actually feel like there's no kind of decision making with a lot of that type of like 
directing. I feel like you just leave the camera on. Mm-hmm. You just let it go. Whatever happens, happens. And then you like try to make sense of it in the edit. Like I, I like the idea of like being forced to decide, right. having a limited time. It makes me, again, maybe it makes me more uncomfortable because I know that like the, the mag is going to run out soon or whatever it is, or you're burning film, it's money. There's a magic to, even when they, they always make the argument where you say like, nobody notices anymore. Right, like right. they always say, like like they say, well, the audience can't tell the difference between f- film and not and other medium. Yeah, but I I like I don't think that's true. I think I think maybe they don't. I think maybe they can't articulate it. But I think film, it's a kind of it's something. There's something. There's a psychology to like the grain structure, and there's an emotional component to it that's maybe you aren't aware of. So. Do you, as you're as you're watching it so you know what i'm saying so it's like it's something that again it's more it's working on you in a way that you're not even sure it's working right like i i don't like the idea of like treating video or like making things that you're like right. well we can make this look like right. that but then why not just use what really looks and like also there's a the there's no way you can create i think if i understand it correctly you can create a facsimile of of what the film looks like but the actual grain on film has a chaos to it that can't be immediately replicated yeah, and there's just a truth in it yeah. and it's a truth in it that you don't it's also just something that there's a kind of there's like a magic in that dissidence in that in the fog of analog yeah. there is like this thing to it that you know um this it's more like alchemy as yeah. opposed to like me like sitting down with an app putting on like you know this is 16 millimeter app that's gonna make it look like right like that well maybe it'll like in a superficial way it it will do that but it's it's different like like actual like 35 millimeter it is like and even 16 millimeter and 70 millimeter it there is like a weird magic to it sure you're like um there, I always say that like film is like romance, or I've always felt that like there's like a romance to film, and that like video, it's like reality. And I also like the idea of like the actors. Th- I also like it when the actors think that they have a a limited amount of time yeah. to, to do it, and that they have to. I like that there's like a decisiveness to it. Yeah. You have to be in the moment, and it forces a point of view in a way that like I hate this whole like modern photography, this thing where it's just like you leave the camera on. Yeah. It becomes all about post production where you just like leave the cameras on forever. You shoot like for two hours and then you pick like the like, you know, you send an editor to go back and you pick the best like, you know, yeah. Where, seconds. Where's there's the no risk? point there's no point of view. There's just yeah. no like right. There's nothing like exciting about that. Right. There you don't there's no sense of risk. It becomes like the corporatization of the artwork. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes homogenization like, too. And you're like making the studios happy because you're giving them all these decisions, all these choices. I don't want a lot of choices. Yeah. I don't necessarily I want to like, you know, I just like the feeling of being connected to that to that. Like having started out making movies in that way and using that now is still it's, it feels right to me. Good. But also with with film, it also on every movie I feel like it could be the last movie that I get to do to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like because right. there's not many labs anymore. Yeah. It's really difficult now. You know, it costs a lot more money. 
you don't get to see, you know, sometimes it's like you have to really wait before you can see the, you know. Do you edit on the film too? Or do no, you? No, no, no. Okay. no. That would be crazy. I mean, people, are, that's like, no, I could never do that again. No, 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 no. You're sitting there cutting. No, no, I'm not even, a, it's not anything even necessarily about being a purist or anything because I still will use other things I'll sure. incorporate. It's more just like. Uh, no, I understand. Yeah. There's a magic to film. Yeah. It's undeniable. That's really like the thing. Yeah. Well, what, do you have a title for the new movie? Can you yeah, do that? Yeah, it's called The Trap. Okay, cool. Well, it was great talking to you, man. You too, man. That was awesome. Okay, that was uh, interesting. It was, a, it was a, a talk about film unlike I've had before, and it was, uh, it was great talking to Harmony and great meeting him. And you can go to WTFPod.com, specifically the uh, calendar section, to see my dates. I got dates coming up in um, Ireland and in uh, London. And you can go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. Get a little linky to uh, JustCoffee.coop. Get on the mailing list. I, I write a thing. going to write it today. All right. I'm going to go talk about podcasting to podcasters. Boomer lives! <laughs>